Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we're studying the Bible. We're beginning the book of Philippians. Today is episode 636, and we'll be looking at Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. First, let's talk a little about Philippians. We're going through Paul's letters chronologically. We had gone through a study of the book of Acts that we started Paul's letters. And this is the last of Paul's letters to a church. We began with Galatians, which Paul had written after his first missionary journey. Then First and Second Thessalonians, which he had written during his second missionary journey from Corinth. Letters he wrote on his third missionary journey. He wrote First Corinthians from Ephesus and Second Corinthians from Macedonia and Romans from Corinth. Now he's in prison in Rome during this two-year imprisonment we see at the end of the book of Acts. And the best guess is he wrote Philemon, Colossians, and Ephesians at the same time. And Tychicus carried those letters, and that was probably fairly early in the imprisonment. And the best guess is that Philippians then was written later in this two-year imprisonment in Rome. And so this will be the last of Paul's letters that we have to churches. And then his three remaining letters are to Timothy and Titus, which occur later on. Paul had a long, ongoing relationship with the church in Philippi. First, see Philippi on his second missionary journey in Acts chapter 16. Paul was in Asia and had gotten the Macedonian call. And so they traveled over to Greece then, and their first big stop was in Philippi. They met Lydia and some other ladies who gathered for prayer at the river, because apparently there weren't even enough Jews to form a synagogue. It only takes ten families to form a synagogue. Philippi was a city that had been founded by the Macedonian king, but after Rome conquered Macedonia. The Roman emperor reestablished it as a Roman city, and it was populated largely by veterans of the Roman military. So it was a city that was pretty loyal to the emperor, and the honor given to the emperor was uh, highly regarded. There arose some disturbance in Philippi, so Paul and Silas were imprisoned and treated badly, but they were released miraculously. And because of that, Philippian jailer came to faith, he and his family. They left town because, uh, well, there was a large embarrassment because Roman citizens, Paul and Silas, had been beaten and imprisoned without being found guilty of anything. So the local officials pressured them to leave. Well, Paul had an ongoing relationship with the Philippians. He did occasions, he made a couple stops there that aren't recorded in the book of Acts. After he left Ephesus on his third missionary journey, he went to Macedonia, presumably Philippi, and that's where he wrote 2 Corinthians. So he had a good, ongoing relationship with the Philippian church. Best guess is also that Luke stayed there quite a long time, because in the Acts narrative, Leading up to Philippi, Luke uses we. But as soon as Paul and Silas and Timothy leave Philippi, it shifts to just 
addressing them by name, you lose the we narrative until Acts 20, the end of Paul's third missionary journey, and that's where Luke picks up we again. So it seems that from Acts 16 through Acts 20, Luke stayed in Philippi as Paul's emissary to work with the church there. And that was a period of probably six or seven years. So Paul has this long, ongoing relationship with Philippi. And trying to reconstruct things, some uh, theories are that we saw in some of the letters we just looked at from Paul's imprisonment that Luke was with Paul in Rome, but he doesn't mention Luke here in the letter to the Philippians. Some think it's probably because maybe because of Luke's long-term relationship with the Philippians that Paul had sent Luke to Philippi, and that prompted the church then to send a monetary gift to support Paul, and it was delivered by Epaphroditus. And Epaphroditus had gotten sick, almost died, and now he's going back to Philippi, and he's carrying this letter, the letter to the Philippian church, and he will be there in Philippi when the letter is read. So the, the theme of the letter, the purpose of the letter, it's encouragement. It's to help them find joy in their faith in spite of a couple of problems they're having. One, it seems there's pressure from the outside, opposition to Christianity, opposition to the gospel. And that's nothing new. That happened when Paul was there on his second missionary journey. But it's ongoing and, and maybe even increasing. And there's also a little rift in the church and Paul addresses this. And so with the, the rift in the church and the pressure from the outside, it's not there's any great crisis, but it's just they need some encouragement. And Paul's sending this letter to encourage them, to build them up, to help them find joy in their service to the Lord. So we're just looking at Philippians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, the introduction right now. Let's read the passage. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi, including the overseers and deacons, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Pretty simple standard greeting. There's some differences here for some of Paul's other letters, though. He says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus. Normally, Paul says something like, Paul, a servant of Christ and Timothy our brother, or Paul an apostle of Christ Jesus, and Timothy our co-worker. But here he uses Paul and Timothy together before he adds the description, which shows just that, as this is Paul's last letter that we have to a church, this is later, and it just shows the growing relationship and dependence that Paul has on Timothy, that Timothy has uh, just continued to grow in his ministry and his relationship with Paul. So here he, he addresses the letter. It's not just from Paul and that guy, Timothy. It's from Paul and Timothy, both. And they're servants of Christ. Now, this translation, the Christian Standard Bible, says servant. This word can also be translated as slave. And that's probably how they would have understood it there in Philippi, in that Roman world, is uh, the word he used, they'd understand that as slave. The word that gets translated is the word doulos. And that'll be important in just a minute. So it's addressed to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are in Philippi. 
So it's addressed to the people of the church of Philippi. Saints, we talk about that whenever we see it, just to clear up any confusion. Saints just means the holy ones. It's always plural. It's actually an Old Testament word that uh, was applied to the people of Israel as God's holy people. And so Paul carries that forward and addresses that to the people of Christ, the holy people of Christ, who are declared holy because of their faith in Jesus Christ. So who are the saints? The people of the church, the people who have been forgiven of sin and declared holy by the Lord. Here he adds, though, including the overseers and deacons. This is unique in Paul's letters to the churches, this addition of overseers and deacons. It's not that we've never seen them anywhere else, but including them in the introduction like this is, is unique here. And so, what do we make of this? Well, first, it, they are part of the church. They're not people that Paul has sent there. They are people who are of the church of Philippi. They are Philippians and part of the church, not this separate thing. But they are in established leadership positions within the church. Now, overseer. What do we know about overseer? And, well, there's a lot that can be said about all this. I'll try to keep it brief just to provide some clarity to it. The word overseer, in some translations, is listed as bishop. And bishop is just a kind of a transliteration of the Greek word episkopos. Epi means over. Skopos means seer, overseer. Episkopos, as you work with the word a little bit, you actually can turn it into bishop. But the best translation, actually, is overseer. So overseer, bishop, it's the same word. But overseer is also used synonymously with elder within the church. In Paul's letter to Titus, he says, I left you in Crete to appoint elders. These overseers do this. So he uses them synonymously there. So uh, overseer and elder mean the same thing. There's three nouns that get used for church leadership in this respect that are really equivalent. Overseer, elder, and pastor. Now, the noun pastor only occurs in Ephesians chapter 4. Generally, pastor is in a verb sense, to shepherd. And it's always done by elders or overseers. So when you see the verb to shepherd, when it's referring to church leadership, the ones doing the shepherding are overseers or elders, which are the same thing. But overseer, there's also a verb to oversee that's used. Whenever the verb to oversee is used, it's always being done by elders. So it's pretty simple to see that pastor, overseer, elder, they're the same thing, just different names used there, but separate from deacons. So overseers and deacons are two separate offices. Overseers are generally what we would understand to be elders in a church. Deacons we first see deacons is best understood that began in Acts chapter 6, where the seven were appointed to, to oversee the food distribution for the widows in the church. And so the word deacon comes from the Greek word diakonos, which means servant. That's where it's important. The word that gets translated servant up in verse 1 is the word doulos, which can also mean slave. But the word diakonos, where we get the word Deacon 
means servant. And so we see these two flavors of church leaders, the overseers who are the administrative leaders of the church, and the deacons who provide care for people in the church. Then he continues in verse 2, Grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Pretty standard greeting. We're diving into the letter to the church in Philippi. This is probably around the year 62 AD, probably shortly before Paul is released from his two-year imprisonment. He's got this long, ongoing relationship with the Philippian church, and Luke has been a big part of his ministry there, and Epaphroditus has just come and seen him, and he sent Epaphroditus back with this letter to the church in Philippi, thanking them for their financial gift to him, but also to provide them some encouragement. This begins our study of the letter to the church in Philippi. Thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue looking at Philippians.